Welcome to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith and myself. Uh, you know, everyone listening, 1170 in uh, Sydney, 1620 on the Gold Coast, 693 SENQ. Download the app. Make sure to download the app so you can listen to us anytime on the Google Play Store or the App Store on our Apple phones. Uh, or you can listen belatedly uh, on Spotify and Apple. You follow the Captain's Run. But I have to ask the great man, Cam, how you been, mate? Kempi, mate, I'm fantastic. I am fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to the footy this weekend. Still spots up for grabs in the top eight. Um, and it all kicks off with a beauty tonight, mate. Para versus Melbourne. How good. Seriously. How good. If you're not fired up about footy this time of the year, I don't know what you're doing. Honestly, and this year, the top eight, it's, it's, I think it's like there's only been four other years where in the last round that someone has come into the top eight. So... Confirmed. Oh, re- uh, okay. Yeah, so I saw a stat on the during the week where this is this and four other times it, the last round has dictated the final spot in the top eight. Now, it doesn't usually happen. Mm. So incredible year of footy. But uh, are, are your boys going to make it? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We've hit a nerve oh, already. He's hit me We're a minute already. in. <laughs> he's hit me low already, Smithy. Seriously. I wanted We're to warm into in. it. I wanted to just get my bearings, emotionally oh, stabilise. And okay, you've broken sorry. me heart. You've broken me heart. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna dig into it right now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, because it right. gets worse. It gets worse. Okay. Uh, so big, big news. Uh, Tyson Gamble, who reportedly is signed with the Knights. Uh, reportedly, it's not confirmed yet, but it looks like he's going to the Knights. Strangely, also, well, not strangely, but the timing is a bit strange. Ironically, ironically, <laughs> he actually got called into the first grade side, and Mam has been dropped from it for this weekend. But, uh, yeah, Tyson Gamble has gone on a podcast and, uh, you know, maybe been a little bit too honest. I don't know. Let me let me know what you think, Smithy, after the, we listen to what he said. Like, Kevy's the coach, but Renault is, like, the go-to guy for everybody. Like, yeah. if you've got a question about, like, the team or, like, footy, he, you go to him. And it's sort of not a knock on Kev, but, like, Renault's no. just been around for so long. And he, like, Kevy understands footy, but and he he's a good, like... He's a good bloke at getting the team up and about, but like the modern day is is so different to the way Kevy played footy. There's there's sort of some similarities in how you've got to be with attitude and stuff, but yeah, Renault's the mastermind. Yeah, wow. so uh... oh, wow. So is he? So is he almost saying that Renault's the one that that coaches the side? Is is that what is that what Tyson's saying there? I don't know. It's it's harder. You don't like to try and get inside the brain of Tyson Gamble there and, and try and say what he's trying to say. But he's almost saying, well, you know, Kevy, he played that long ago. He's, he doesn't really understand the modern game. So Renault's the go-to man for um, all of the team and all the players and for our footy. Um, yeah, Kev's, Kev's good with some some stuff around our mindset and attitude, but, you know, Renault's really the man that runs the ship. Is that what he's saying? Honestly, it, it yeah. sounds like it. It's It seriously sounds <laughs> like it. Um, wow. You know, yeah, I want to get your thoughts first, Smithy, as a leader of a club. Um, and what's really interesting is you I'm sure you've been in a position a lot where young players or other players have come to you and asked mm. your advice on certain things, but I don't think you'd ever be like, I'm the guy, you know. But anyway, no. I, I want to get your thoughts. No, and like, and to be to be fair, I, I don't think Adam Reynolds would be that type of person either um, to say, hey, listen, like, you know, forget about what Kev's saying. Like, just listen to what I'm doing, you know. Let's let's just do what what, what I want to do. I don't think he'd be that type of person either. Um, but yeah, it's just it's strange to hear it's strange to hear players come out and, and say that about their coach. It's just it's it's something that 
I personally, I, I would, I would never speak about pub- publicly, even if I had that opinion, mm. even if I had that opinion of my coach, and that you know he he didn't really do a lot of work as far as our uh, game plan was concerned, or any of our uh, strategies, or um, like the technical aspect of of the game. Um, you you still wouldn't say that publicly. So I don't know. Like, is this part of what's gone wrong with the Broncos over the last four weeks? We don't know, but yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a strange thing to hear Tyson Gamble come out and and talk that way about Kevy Walters, who's meant to be he, he is the, well he is the head coach of the Broncos. Um, and then to sort of say that, well, no, he's not really the go-to person at our club when we want to talk about footy. It, it's actually our, our number seven and our captain, Adam Reynolds. It hurts. It hurts because even if, as I agree, Smithy, even if you think that in the current state that the club is in, in everything mm. that we're going through, it's the last thing that we need. Even if, uh, let's say Tyson was coming from a really good spot and he didn't really realize the ramifications of what he was saying and he was more just saying, look, like in regards to the day-to-day stuff, you can just quickly go to Reynolds. The over, yep. you know, overseeing is, is more Kevy's job. Whether it was said poorly or not, it's just mm. the timing of it because we are under the pump. We are under the pump as a club. Mm. We need everything, more than everything to go right. It's mission impossible. And then to say Kevy Walters you know, kind of takes a backward step well, or just mm. – because this is there's more to the quote. So he can't, after that, he, he basically said, you know, he emphasised he had no personal issues with Walters, which is weird. Why would you need to emphasise that anyway? Um, <laughs> yeah. If we, we have – then Gamble went on to say, we have a lot of assistant coaches that take over. I'm not saying Kevy takes a backward step, but he knows what to say and when to say it and when to get involved. It has worked well this year. He has allowed us to do what we want to do, but when it's gone too far, he has reined us back in and said, pull your heads in and stick to the basics. Mm. Um, and so it's just, it's disappointing because as, as I said, not only is the head coach, he's a club legend that's won six premierships. Yeah, that's right. Six premierships. I, yeah, I, that's right. I, I don't well, know. Well, yeah. He, yeah, he's won one. Uh, it was one at the Raiders and, and five at the Broncos, I believe. So he, he's a man with great experience and he's clearly understands what it takes to, to win big matches. And and what he does understand is that football club and what it is to be a Bronco, uh, to be a Broncos player and, and the type of football and the type of people that they are in that organization. I don't know. Maybe there's a, there's a lot of talk around, you know, Tyson Gamble and his possibility of moving to the Knights. Maybe, maybe he knows, maybe he knows he's, he's moving on. He's going down to Newcastle and, this might be just a uh, just a little backhander on the way out. Yeah. Oh, I don't, it sounds a little bit like that. Um, and you know, let's not forget he hasn't been picked in first grade for for um, several weeks now. So I don't know. There there might have been just a little backhander on his way out the door, which which is surprising because it's like you just got called back into first grade, even if you are on your way out. So Kevin's <laughs> done you a favour. Well, well, we don't know. We don't know when. When was that podcast recorded? It may have been recorded a week ago, Kempi. I don't know. Like, yeah, or that's was a good it? Point. Or was it done yesterday? I don't know. I, I, I'd suggest. I'd suggest that <laughs> that podcast was recorded before Tyson was named to play this week. Imagine him sitting at home thinking, "Oh no, oh no, that podcast <laughs> it's coming out." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, there's another thing as well that, and I'm again, I, I don't. 
I hope he wasn't coming from a bad place. I hope it was from a place of youthful ignorance and, and yeah. kind of not understanding. And, and yeah, and and as you said, mate, like the wording just he just got the wording wrong. For sure, I hope mm. so because mm. I I can empathise if you're a bit younger and you don't understand, you know, certain ways you have to respect club legends, like certain things you can and can't say, or mm. certain things that you may not understand. Or let's say, for example, let's say you think that he doesn't understand the modern game. Let's just assume that, even though I don't agree with that. Yep. As you get older, you realize, even if I think that, I'm probably wrong because that's a mm. club legend that has achieved way more than I have. So I have yeah. no right to say something like that. Yeah, and you show a bit more respect. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so when you're a bit younger, you might say things like that, and I'm hoping that that's the place it comes from in yeah. regards to Tyson. And, and, and Kempi, look, I've been coached by Kevy at State of Origin level. Like when when Mal Meninga moved on and um, took on the the role as head coach of the Kangaroos, Kevy Walters took over as coach of Queensland, and yeah, he did a fantastic job there. Mm. And all, it's it's a very yeah different environment, of course, um, coaching representative football and and you're coaching the elite players um, as all state of origin players are, um, a completely different environment. But you know he was he was he was a part of our game plan building. Mm. He was a part of. Um, you know, previewing the opposition and and breaking down some um, some weaknesses that you know we we felt we could attack and and some things that we wanted to uh, make sure that we were good at that we we're going to face when we played the Blues. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Again, I, I just feel it's really strange to say that you know that that Kevy because he played so long ago he doesn't really have an understanding of the modern game. It's a strange call. Oh. But yeah. but the drag, there might be a late change. There might be a late scratching for the Broncos number six. <laughs> they don't they don't play till Saturday. Oh man, Saturday five thirty can't be so. Who knows? Ezra Ezra might get another call up. And the irony of it all, and I'm sure he definitely didn't mean this, is that if you say that Reynolds is the go-to man, you're almost saying then it, he's the one that the reason why we're going so bad. You know what I mean? Like if Reynolds yeah, is, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Because right. yes. we've just had a disaster. <laughs> we have had a disaster. And then you come out and say, yeah, Reynolds a guy. So yeah. you're actually not helping Renault at all because mm. then it's like on Reynolds' shoulders that the reason why we've made certain decisions or whatever. So anyway, yeah. but I just wanted to ask you, Smithy, do you think report, okay, there's been conflicting reports. Now I've chosen to just kind of, because we don't have confirmation, there's, I can't, I haven't said that Definitely much Definitely say, yep. Yeah, but there's conflicting reports. There's some reports that have come out and said that a couple of players were upset with Kevy, his spray. Well, he's had a spray during the week and then a spray mm. after their loss. But then uh, Sattler on, on SEN Network earlier this week yep. came out and said that that is not true. He's being told that that didn't happen. But then we see, you know, quotes like this come out and you go, ooh, okay. So is there, do you think this is evidence of something, the, the problem at the Broncos? Well, well, there's something. Something has gone wrong. Has like yeah. there has to have something's going. Uh, it's gone wrong, and something going on at that footy club because not that long ago, what was it? Only six weeks, four to six weeks ago, this footy team they were they were sitting fourth, so they were on the verge of turning their uh, a diabolical last two years around with a with a not only a finals berth, they were they were had the opportunity to finish top four. Now, a lot of people were talking about, oh, well, you know, the, the downfall over the last four weeks has been because Pat Carrigan has been suspended and he hasn't been available. Well, okay, it makes things a little bit harder, okay? It makes things a little bit harder without Patrick Carrigan there. We all know 
the quality of player that Patrick Carrigan is and what he brings to that footy side. But you can't tell me that one man makes a difference to that footy side the way in the way that they've performed, particularly over the last two weeks. They've conceded 113 points in two matches, Kempi. Patrick what, Carrigan Patrick Carrigan is not gonna change that. Oh, mate. That I, stat. I tell you what. With all due respect, 100%. with all due respect to Paddy Garrigan, as good as he is, yeah. he's not going to turn around that 113 points that they conceded in two games. Absolutely. I tell you what, what is Paddy? How many t- tackles do you reckon Paddy makes a game? About 30 to 40 max. Yeah, let, let's, just say, let's just say he averages you know, 30, 35 tackles. So do you think that we missed, this is how much we missed the Broncos over the past two, two weeks. Mm. We missed over 100 tackles. Yeah. So regardless of what you think, he's not making those tackles anyway. That's right. So, so they missed 66 against Melbourne and then against Parramatta, I think it was 54 or 55. It's oh. just, you know, that, that's, not, that's not down on troops. That, that is, that's a lack of... It's a bad um, attitude. Well, yeah, I was going to say a lack of intent and a lack of just attitude to go out there and, and play well. Mm. Like they were, they were playing, their season was on the line. Um, they were trying to, you know, confirm a, a finals position a couple of weeks ago, and they just they never looked like they wanted to be there. Yeah, they didn't look like they wanted to be on on the park at periods in that game. Mm. And you can tell you can tell directly from the way teams approach their defence. It's it's and mm-hmm. they 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 their as you said, mate, their attitude to defend was so poor. Like they were reaching, they were grabbing. Like no one was trying to get their bodies in front of of other opposition players. And then when they, when they had the football, it was like, well, okay, well, I hope someone does something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I something's gone wrong there, and and I'm not too sure. But it's been a quick decline over the last month from where they were. They they've been so good up up to four weeks ago. They were so good up until that point, and then they've just they've they fell off the cliff. They they walked up to the edge of, edge of a cliff and just fell straight off it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And it's I, I would I would go as far to say I think there's actually been something that's gone wrong because uh, if there are things slowly festering, that's a, a usually a slow decline. But they've literally gone massive game against the Eels and then just gone bomb gone. Yeah. Well, that was well. well Patrick Carrigan, he played in that um, game where they lost to West Tigers, and, and yeah. unfortunately, that's where he was suspended out of that game. But he was a part of that match, mm-hmm. and they they were getting beaten convincingly by by the Tigers, and that's where it all went wrong for them. Like so, they they play in Sydney the the week previous, and have a really a, a great performance down against Parramatta, um, and. You'd be thinking, well, yeah, they're going to go on with it now. If you can travel to Sydney and play so well, then you're going to come home and you're playing against a team running last. I just think they had the mindset that they were traveling far better than what they were actually going. And they may may have just got a little bit too comfortable. Yeah, mate, I absolutely agree. We are going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to talk about rugby union. Is it is it going to uh, come through the ranks of the NRL and take our superstars? We're also going to talk about... Uh, the big Nelson Asafa Solomona and Hargreaves and Collins and that huge clash between the Storm and the Roosters in the outfall, plus the new stadium, Roosters versus the Rabbitohs. Cannot wait for it. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. Make sure to give us a call, one 300 one or text 457 
736-736. We've got Chad on the line. Chad, you there, mate? Sure am, mate. How are you? How are we going, Chad? Smith, how are you? How are you, mate? Good, mate. What do you got for us today? Well, obviously from Penrith, I'm a Mighty Panthers supporter. Uh-huh. Um, so it might be a bit of a dumb question, but I want to ask you boys what you think of the Panthers' chances in the finals going back-to-back and who do you reckon we sort of have to watch out for the most? Yeah, oh, look, I think you got a pretty good chance, mate. I, I think, um, you know, once again they've shown that they they are the they are the team to beat this year. That's why they've taken out the minor premiership already. Um, and I think with so many players being rested this week with the long travel up to Townsville, um, I just think they're going to be fresh and ready to go for that for that first week. Now they're going to take on it's it they'll, they'll be taking on the winner of the match tonight, whether it's. Uh, Parramatta or or Melbourne, um, they do have the benefit though of playing that first game at home at Penrith, which will be huge. I'm, I'm guessing it'll be a sellout. Um, but to the point of your question around what do they have to watch out for, it, it's Parramatta, I believe. If 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 Parramatta get past Melbourne tonight and take out fourth spot, well, they are the side. They're the only team to beat them twice this year, Penrith. And I, I, I know the second <clears throat> I know the second match um, that they played was against twelve men for the majority of the game, um, which they won. But they took years on early in the year, mate, at Penrith and come away with a really strong victory. So I think that would be the main concern for Penrith is that they finish first but then face Parramatta, who would have that little bit of psychological advantage over them. Um, not not that I don't think your footy side would be too concerned about that. But I'm sure to be in the back of their mind that hey, this is a side that they've they've come up with a plan and a, and a style of footy that that they know how to beat us. That would be my only concern for Penrith. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. I, uh, you know, it's always going to be nerve wracking no matter who you come up against. But mm. fingers crossed, the boys can get it done. Are you excited, hey Chad? Are you, are you are you excited to see some of these youngsters take on the Cowboys this weekend? Yeah, I am actually. I've tipped them only out of um, out of loyalty, Sydney boys. But um, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we go. And I'd really like to see them at least keep the Cowboys, you know, within close range, even if we only go down by a couple. Obviously, yeah. it'd be great to win. But yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Or the reserve well, could, grade boys. Yeah, because well, your reserve grade, they're in finals as well, mate, aren't they? Yeah, I think they come second. I think they, they uh, I think Newtown or something won. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, you, you, New South Wales Cup side there, they've had a great season as well. So, um, oh, look, oh, yeah. you know, good luck to them. It's a great opportunity to play a bit of first grade, and I'm sure they'll go out there and do well. Yeah, sounds good. I can't wait. And, Kempi, I, uh, I jumped on your website about 20 minutes after the drop, and I already sold out. What's oh, no. On? Oh, mate, no. Mate, the, the, the people were absolutely frothing. They were frothing they go like for hot the jerseys. Uh, mate, seriously, <laughs> it's, it's a really tough one because... We ordered those jerseys months and months in advance, and we, we ordered a lot, like a lot. And you just don't know – you don't want to be stuck with a bunch of stock. So we're, we're trying to get our numbers right. I will say, though, we've already got next year's design sorted, and it is an absolute banger. It might be better than the original. So stay tuned. Magic round next year is when we'll be dropping them, bro. Ooh, get in quick, Chad. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Can't wait. Good on you, fellas. Legend, Good brother. You, mate. Thanks for calling, Chad. Uh, what, what, hey, Kempi, what do you think just on, on Penrith? Like they're resting, what eleven players this week, and then they go into week one either against Melbourne or Para. What do you, What do you think their their chances are? 
Well, it's really interesting. I actually th- so obviously the yields, obviously the yields, but I actually think Roosters might also be a bit of a not a not a smoky to beat the Panthers because like they're you know a top tier side. Mm. But if you go back and watch their last game, I'm pretty sure the Panthers had a full strength side. I, again, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. No, they did. They did, and I'm, it was. I'm at, pretty sure they did, mate. Yeah, yep. and it was at home, and it was against mm. the Roosters, and a few really tough calls went against went against the Roosters. Yeah, well, the Roosters were on top, right? And leading into, I remember this game exactly. I, I was sitting at the ground watching it, and um, the the referee penalised Sam Verrills for oh. for a, a, oh. a tackle, and he said that he put the the ball carrier in a dangerous position. Now it was just it was just a it was a tackle that you taught as a seven year old <laughs> child to say when a big man's running at you, just wrap wrap their legs and let their momentum, you know, go over the top. Just fall backwards using their momentum, and he and he made a tackle like that, oh. and, and the player, the player, the Penrith player went straight out of the top of him, and then landed sort of his head first in the turf, which happens at times in rugby league. Um, but he was penalised, and then I think it was like three or four plays later, Kickout went down and scored right on the stroke of half time, which put them ahead. And I think it took a lot of wind out of the sails of the Roosters. But you're right, mate; they were they were well and truly in that game. Um, so, yeah, they could be the smoky. But we've got Ethan. Ethan from Redfern. How are you there, mate? Hey, mate. How are you? Very good. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. I'm I'm, uh, I'm just, just down at Redfern over watching the boys train. Just got, got here from Brisbane. Oh, I love him. Big mate, effort, mate. How's, how's Cam looking? I bet you're good. Oh, mate, he's great. <laughs> he's having a little scratch, little scratch on the ground. <laughs> you should get out there and help him stretch the hemis out, mate. Get yeah, on there, Reese. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what do you got for us, mate? Uh, with with uh, with three of our key players in Cook, Walker, and and Mitchell being off contract at the end of next year, do you think Wayne Bennett will be able to snag any of the boys, bring them back into the Finns? What do you reckon, Smithy? Well, there's talk already, isn't there, around Latrell Mitchell? And um, I know Wayne come out and said, oh, look, we're, we're chasing Cam Munster, but if we miss him, I really want Latrell. Um, I think Latrell, you know, we mentioned, we spoke about this on our show last week, Kempi, that, you know, he, he has that sense of belonging at, at the Rabbitohs, I feel, um, and that he's, he's quite committed to um, the Bunnies. Um, but there, he seems to build Wayne... You know, really strong connections with his players. He really does, and I, and I think they they have a they they form this bond with him that they they enjoy spending time with him and being coached by him. So, look, we spoke about this this trio, didn't we, last week, and and what their future would look like, and 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 the possibility of them sitting down having a conversation about their future and just saying, hey, boys, like, do we want to try and stick together here, and and you know what. What will we have to do to make that happen? Um, but look, if it if it doesn't pan out, I would not be surprised to see, you know, one if not more of those players try to reconnect with Wayne Bennett. I wouldn't be surprised at all, Ethan. Mm. Yeah, right. But, but hopefully, hopefully we can keep them. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I do know that the positive in Rabbitohs' favours in regards to Latrell and Cody. They are super, super tight. And I know Latrell really respects Cody and he really appreciates um, everything that he does. So it's going to be interesting because at least one of them, unless they all take a little bit of a pay cut, at least one of them is going to have to take 
massive, not massive unders, but I'd assume, you know, substantial unders. I personally think if I'm a betting man, I actually think Cook might be the a one, like a, a potential one that could leave because I just get the feeling that he may be able to get a bit more elsewhere. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Whereas I think the Cody Latrell connection will, will be able to keep them in the club. But what I will say though, is that I don't, if I had to bet, I would say that they all stay. I really think they're going to stay. So if that eases your fears at all, I hope it does. So that'll, that'll get me to sleep tonight, Campy. <laughs> uh, good on you, mate. Thanks for calling, mate. Appreciate it. All right, cheers, boys. Have a good one. Thanks, mate. Hey, Ethan. We're going to head to the news. After the news, we're going to talk about rugby raiding the ranks of the NRL, but we're also going to talk about the huge Storm Roosters clash on the weekend. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, I mean, what a game it was. The Roosters versus the Storm. An incredible game last week. We saw the big fellas going at it. Now, there's been a lot of hoopla about, uh, you know, some people thinking that, oh, why is uh, Nelson only getting fined and he hasn't been suspended? And then other people saying, well, hang on a sec. Uh, There were two blokes. One was sent for 10 and the Roosters. That's that's, uh, the great Hargreaves. And mm-hmm. Lindsay Collins was suspended for four weeks. Why are we talking about Nelson when they had actually had people sent for 10 and um, suspended for four weeks? First of all, your, your uh, reaction from that match, Roosters Storm. Oh, it was a great match. Great game of footy. Called that one um, on Channel 9. And look, it, it was it was built up to be a blockbuster, and, and it was. It was what it was. It was two highly competitive footy sides matched up against each other. And and both vying for well the Roosters were, were locking away uh, a spot in the finals in this year's finals which they have done <clears throat> and the Storm well they were trying to secure a top four spot playing at home they had a four they, being their last um, home and away match at Amy Park they also were, were it was a send off night for um, Jesse and Kenny Bromwich uh, Felice Kafusi and, and of course Brandon Smith who are moving to different clubs next year so it was a big occasion for the Melbourne Storm at home. Um, and, you know, tempers flared up a little bit. You know, there was a couple, couple of little melees and pushes and shoves and a bit of brouhaha, but oh, yeah. you know what? That, that, that's, what, that's what makes our game so good. The fans love it. Mm. The fans love it. And I know the, you know, the, the, the game and the officials are trying to stamp that type of stuff out of, out of our sport these days, but I don't know. The, I think the fans actually love seeing a little bit of physicality and, and the and the big boys in particular getting a little bit aggro. I think that's what our sport's about. It's been built on that for over a hundred years and it's what separates us from, from every other sport. Um, so I didn't mind it. I actually didn't mind it. And it was a good game of footy. I don't think, I don't think the storm were, were any near anywhere near their best, which, uh, you know, you could probably as a positive, you could say, well, they were nowhere near their best yet. They hung in there for the whole game and, and were sort of, they were thereabouts at the end. Um, against the Red Hot Roosters side. But the negative is, is of course, well, at what point are they going to get going? You know, considering they've got a huge match tonight to try and secure a fourth spot, they get another opportunity to do that. Um, and, of course, they've lost their halfback. So what what does that mean for, you know, their, their title hopes this year? Um, so, you know, you can look at it both ways for the Roosters – you know, they just continued on their winning ways. I had, I did, I'll be honest, I did have question marks over them, um, given the teams that they played throughout that six-game winning streak. I think they only beat one top eight side in that six games, um, which was the Cowboys, which and it was during a really tough week for them. 
Um, but they proved me wrong. They went down to Melbourne and they they attacked the game from the very beginning. And they 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 looked like they had this really narrow focused uh, to go out there and start the game like like it was a final. And for them, it it, it really was because they were playing for their season. They were playing to be a part of the finals. Um, it was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. How I mean, how good is it? I personally think that this the top eight quality compared to recent years. I mean, I'd, I'd even go in the last four or five years. And apologies yeah. if I'm I'm forgetting a really strong year. Mm. But this top eight, I would make the argument that literally anyone in the top eight, and that's including the Raiders, could win the premiership. And I know the Raiders are massive outsiders. Yes. But they've beaten top four sides. They've beaten the Sharkies twice, I think. They've beaten the Cowboys. They've beaten the mm-hmm. Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to the Roosters. And that's, that's what's incredible, that it's crazy to think a side as good as that was playing for the top eight in their yeah. second, you know what I mean? Like they're that good, but they were still <laughs> struggling to to make the eight. That's how good yep. the quality is in the top eight. Yeah, that's right. And I agree with you, mate. I, I think Raiders, although they've beaten, um, you know, a couple of those top four sides, they, they are the outsiders of the top eight. Um, and you'd 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 even you'd almost put the bunnies in them with them as well, but certainly. Um, compared to at least the last two seasons, I think any team in this top eight at the moment on their day, if, if they went out and just found their best football, if they make the grand final and found their best football, they can beat every other, like the other seven teams. Mm. I, I I completely agree with you, Kempi. Yeah, absolutely. And like, whereas like last year or the year before, you're like, mate, there's no way. Some of no, these, like, you're not even close. That's right, mate. You looked at the top eight going into the finals, and you're like, well, well Penrith, Melbourne... And maybe one other. Like it, last year was the Rabbits. Like they went on that magical run at the end of the year and 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 um and made their way to the to the grand final. But yeah, this year, well, like you talk about Raiders. Like they've beaten Sharks and Cowboys, Parramatta. They've beaten both Penrith and the Storm. Roosters. They've knocked off the Storm. It's just you know combos all over the place where every side has has played each other once at least once, um, sometimes twice, and they've all beaten each other at some stage. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's so exciting. But now let's get to the match review committee. So they introduced fines, um, which has you know drastically reduced the amount of suspensions by introducing fines. Yep. Uh, and so there has been a push by some players saying that, you know, it's, it's a bit harsh uh, fining some of the players that aren't on as much cash. Mm-hmm. And then there's also been a push from the other side saying that, you know, it's it's actually more a deterrent to miss games than getting fined cash. Do you think that the match review committee has got it right with the fines or do you think that they may need to, I guess, jig it a little bit? Yeah, well, I've, I reckon what they're what, – what fans are sort of up in arms about is that, like, there's multiple discretions from players and they just continue to be fined. I, I think that's what – I think that's what the players, uh, that's what the fans um, are sort of up in arms about and, and sort of a little bit confused. They're saying, well, like, how many how many fines can this player have until there's some action taken against him, you know, for the for the, the things that he's doing on the field? And and a lot of it's been around, you know, Big Nelson. Um, I think you can throw Jared Weir or Hargreaves in there as well um, with a bit of their sort of roughhouse tactics that they have. Mm. Um, again, big men, they're enforcers for their respective footy sides. Um, it's, it's a difficult one because 
they're just they're just going by the book. They're going by the rules that the NRL have set out, and they're not particularly their actions that they're performing on the field. They're not particularly in a in a range of um, picking up a charge, and then and then um, from there getting suspended. They're just in the category of a, of a fine. So maybe maybe what they need to look at is like, okay, well, if you pick up multiple fines per year, once you get to a certain amount, well, that that then brings um, a suspension. So if it's three fines or four fines, um, when you reach your fifth, uh, that's that's a that's a suspension. Mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's five. I'm just tossing up a number here. Yeah, it might sure. be three. It yeah. might be three. You might get a fine, a fine. And then the third time, hey, that's a week. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, th- I think that I like the ideas of the fines because, you know, you want to try to keep your superstars on the field. There's no denying that. I actually do. And I, But I also agree with you. If you keep fining someone and they keep doing it, it's like, well, hang on a sec. At, at yeah. what point do we stop and go, this well, bloke is not being deterred at all? Yeah, well, it's like it's a little bit like your driver's license, right? So you, you with your driver's license, you, you can be fined, but at the same time, you you lose points as well on your license. Um, so when you, when you, when you lose your 12 points that you have, you then your license and get suspended. So maybe that's what we look at. Every, every fine that you pick up, you incur say a two or three point um, deduction as well. And then if that reaches say 10 points, okay, you've got 10 points. Okay. Well, no, that's a week. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like your uh, license to kick as a front rower. <laughs> it gets taken. It gets I taken. Think, yeah, but that's just that's one offence. <laughs> front rowers, if they kick a footy and it's no good, that's it. The license is gone forever, and there's no chance of getting it back. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got plenty of text here. Plenty of text here. Uh, dear Goaten Smithy, <laughs> dear Goaten Smithy, when is the Players Association, Clint Newton, the players part of the board, seriously going to come out? and state some of these forearms, elbows to the head and hip drops, cannonballs are not in the spirit of the game. It's OHS workplace health and safety issue. Can they, can they then have clubs sanction and fine clubs for repeated infringements and rule breaches? What power do they have? It's as, if the, it's as if from the outside looking in, they don't care about injuries or how they happen, as it's just part of the game. That's from Dan Smithy. Yeah, well, it's up to... Well, Dan, like, it's up to individuals, really. Like... Uh, there's, there has not been a day in in my playing career where we practiced dropping forearms or elbows to the head. We didn't practice hip drops as much as you know some people in the media like to try and say that it is practiced. Um, cannibal, all this stuff. Okay, so it's it's completely up to the individual that make decisions in 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 the moments in the games when they come in to make tackles. Now, if guys want to try and push the envelope a little bit and, you know, throw their forearms and, and elbows around to try and make things uncomfortable for the opposition, then that's fine. But they, but they run the risk of getting in trouble. And that's, that's what we're talking about. It's completely up to the MRC. So if guys want to want to run the gauntlet and, and try and play a physical style of football, but they get it wrong, well, they suffer the consequences. That, that's, a, that's as simple as it gets. Yeah, look, I um, yeah, I agree. It's it's really, it's really about the individual player. It'd be very hard to to police it as from the RLPA. Uh, in regards to OHS and workplace health and safety, it's like we're playing footy here. We're not 
we're not in a normal workplace environment. So I'm not sure about that, mm. but I understand where you're coming from, mate. Definitely uh, see your concern for the players and appreciate it as well. Now, got another text here. Cheers. Uh, good morning, Smithy and Kempe. What what do you guys think about a pre-finals buy like they started doing in the AFL? Also, tried bloke Mitty on the weekend. Awesome drop. Cheers, mate. Nathan, thanks, mate. Thanks, bloke Mitty. Out now in all liquor legends <laughs> in New South Wales and ACT. But really, the Mitty's yeah. out. Yeah, the Mitty's out, mate. Beautiful oh, drop. How good. It's a beautiful drop. But Smithy, what are your thoughts on um, the buy before the finals the AFL reportedly have introduced? Yeah, they um, well, it's been in for a few years now, um, and I think they they maybe it's a little bit like the um, the NFL. I think because they well they play they play their playoffs and they have a week off before the Super Bowl, don't they? But they have like there's like some there's like a big show that goes on in the build up to that Super Bowl week. But I think it's I think what it is is just maybe to give those teams in the finals a chance to. Um, sort of get over any sort of bumps and bruises that they picked up through the season, maybe try and have everyone on board um, as many as they can without, you know, the guys with serious injuries that they've been carrying throughout the year or picked up throughout the year. Um, I don't mind it. It makes the it makes the, the year drag on an extra week, but I guess it builds a suspense a little bit too around, you know, that first finals weekend, which is this weekend for the AFL. Um, and, it, and it gives everyone... I guess, you know, some talking points around, you know, team selection, um, the matchups of, of, you know, those, that first finals weekend. And uh, yeah, just, I don't know, just creates a little bit more noise for the sport. I, I love it. I actually really like it because it builds the suspense into finals even more. You're sitting there absolutely frothing for footy. You're sitting there the weekend before you're going, there's nothing to do. And, and the, the banter and the back and forth. I actually really like the idea of having a buy before finals footy and plus you know maybe you could use that week to do like media tours for each team in the finals um you know because that you know they're yes they'd be working but they're not playing footy they're resting and not going to get injured so definitely love the idea of a buy before finals because even some of the games you're watching we're watching this weekend like Penrith for example uh let's say the top eight was dictated well it is actually if the Cowboys win the Sharks lose the Cowboys get second you know, mm. as a as a some fans could say it's unfair that the Penrith Panthers are resting all those players because now the Cowboys have an easier shot to win their game. Mm. Um, so yeah, I really like the bike. Now we're going to head to a break, but after the break, we got best hands thanks to Schnitz. Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the Schnitzel business. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. We've got the best hands, thanks to Schnitz. The best schnitzels in all the land. Absolutely beautiful, guys. If you've got a schnitz near you, give it a try. I'm telling you, their burgers are beautiful. They've also got these little wraps. If you're not that hungry and you just want a little little baby, little bite, you get a wrap. Just a nibble. Little little nibble. You get a wrap with a schnitz <laughs> in it. It's absolutely beautiful. But what's your, your, uh, your best hands, thanks to Schnitz, Smithy? Yep, uh, three nominees again. I'm going to give one point um, to Sean Lane. Well, he had an absolute blockbuster. Well, he, he's been playing so well the last oh, month for Parramatta. Huge reason as to why they're playing so well. I'm, I'm sure he'll be in for another big one tonight. But uh, Sean Lane's not just one offload. He had a couple, um, well, that set up tries. One for Mike Acevo and Clint Gutherson <clears throat> to score against the Broncos. As I said, had a huge game, Sean Lane. So one point goes to him. Two points goes to Kyle Felt 
for the way he scored that try after he chased his own kick. Did you see that? That just absolutely incredible, outstanding work by uh, by Kyle Felt um, to score that try. Three points though, and this is a little bit different. It's 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 a use of hands, but not with the football. It was James Tedesco's try saver on Kenny Bromwich. So if Kenny Bromwich scores, yep. Melbourne go on to win this game. Mm-hmm. But somehow, and I don't know how, and he had a little bit of help, but it was mainly Tedesco. He got underneath Kenny Bromwich um, to hold him up miraculously. Like the ball was inches from the ground. Um, and there was a few other try savers, by the way, for the Roosters throughout that night. But that was at the death of the game. So three points goes to James Tedesco on his try saver against Kenny Bromwich this week. That was best hands thanks to Schnitz. Bite into golden, delicious, handcrafted Schnitz. After the break, we'll wrap up the first hour. Welcome back to the captain's run with a great Cameron Smith and Smithy. I've just had some breaking news come across my desk. Yes. I've always wanted to say that. Coming across my desk, Nick Kyrgios <laughs> yes. beats Benjamin Bonzi in the second round of the US Open, going through to the third round of the US Open. He does it in four sets, the great Nick Kyrgios. So he's through He's through to the third round. Hopefully he goes on a massive, massive run. Uh, but we've also got some more texts here. Is Lodge considered one of the best buys this season considering – what he's added to the Roosters forward pack. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, mate. absolutely. What, what What are your thoughts there, Kempi? Mate, what a pickup. What a pickup. Mm. And then, look, he's, he's got to check it past. And, and yeah. you know, there were comments around, you know, Roosters have always had the whole certain policy around who they do or don't recruit. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to win footy games and Lodges helped them win footy games. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think they, you know, the Roosters being the – the organisation that they are and the smarts that they have running the club, I think they would have done their homework thinking, well, you know, is there a huge risk in recruiting this guy? What what are the positives that he's going to bring to us? And he's certainly shown that there's a big upside to him being at that club this year. No doubt. Absolutely. So he's really delivered since signing with the Roosters. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he stays next year. I don't think he's signed yet. Now, we're going to head to a break. But after the break... Is Rugby Union the big scary monster? Is it going to raid the ranks of the NRL? Or will the NRL players stick to Rugby League? Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Give us a call, 1300 01 1170, or you can give us a text, 0457 736 736. We've been getting 1,000 texts, guys, so make sure to text in. Uh, we'll read out your text and answer your questions. We've got plenty more to get to, so... Uh, 0457 736 736. But we've got Jace from North Parramatta. Are you there, Jace? Yeah, g'day, Kempi. G'day, Smitty. Uh, love the show, boys. It's um, brilliant, brilliant three hours in the morning. So, um, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks, mate. On you, Jace. What do you got for us, mate? Mate, I actually, uh, I'm a Kiwi. Uh, I'm looking forward to the World Cup coming up. So, Jordan Ricky is one of the. Um, Players, he made the squad for the uh, for the Tonga test earlier this year. Um, one of the things I always look at for Jordan, and uh, yeah, he's got the physical attributes. He's he's a brute of a second rower, um, and I'm sure that football departments will meet formally and informally with players about form and ways to improve and all that sort of stuff. Um, Smitty, I, I actually. I kept thinking of something that I heard about Jesse Bromwich when he first got to the storm. There was uh, some discussions that happened 
around, um, you know, wh- what he wanted to get out of his career. And, um, you know, he, he is obviously, he ended up being, you know, there was a period there where he was the best prop in the world. But I, I seem to recall something about a discussion. I don't know if it was Craig or something like that. Just basically letting him know what he needed to do to get to that, to get to the top of the tree. Is that, is that pretty much right? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think yeah, that would be most players that have come through the, the front door of, of the Melbourne Storm where they sit down and, and have discussions with the coaches and in particular Craig Bellamy. Um, yeah, there's certain reasons, of course, why they're um, recruited to the Melbourne Storm and, and the, the coaching staff and the recruitment staff have seen something in particular about their game and about their personality that they feel... Um, that will, will help the, the Melbourne Storm, but can also be in the organisation where the staff can help them. But there's no doubt that players need to have, they need to sit down and decide what type of player they want to be and what they want to get out of their career. It's no use, it's no use just rocking up to, to your first preseason um, or your second preseason or your fifth or your 10th or 15th, whatever it is, if you're lucky enough to play that long and not have some sort of idea about what your season looks like and what you want to want to achieve um, throughout that year and, and throughout your career. Like you should have goals about what type of player you want to be and the things you want to achieve individually. Of course, you know, you want to be a part of a successful team and a team that has the opportunity to, to win a premiership. And you want to be a part of that. Like you don't just want to go along for the ride. You want to be someone that contributes to to winning a premiership. So, you know, talking about Jesse Bromwich, of course, you know, he would have sat down with Craig Bellamy and other coaches, you know, looking after his particular part of the game. And I'm, and I'm talking about guys looking after, you know, front rowers or, or the forward pack and spoke about, listen, these are your strengths. This is These are the strengths that we see and the reasons why you're at the Storm this is what you need to continue to work on. And these are the things that you need to get better at to make you the best possible player or for you to get the best out of yourself. Now for Jordan Ricky, for Jordan Ricky, and, and that's, that's what you're, you're calling up to ask about. I'd like to think that Jordan Ricky, who's still a very young man and starting out his career, I'd like to think that he would have had a conversation with someone at the, at the, at the Broncos about that. Now he's got two assistant you know, obviously his coach is, is Kevin Walters, but he played his entire um, career in the halves. He played a little bit of dummy half, but that was really just filling in. But he played at seven and number six. But he's got two assistant coaches there in John Cartwright um, and um, and uh, Terry Madison, who who were both – they were lock forward, back rowers, um, who – two very good players who played representative football. So I'd like to think that Jordan Ricky has sat down with those guys and, and said, hey, listen, how do I become the best player I can be in, in this footy side? And, and that's just what it is. I'd, I'd hate to think that particularly the younger players in our game these days are just happy playing football and, and hoping for the best. I'd hate to think that when they get an opportunity to play first grade, they just think, oh, well, I've made it. This is this yeah. This yeah. is this is. I pull on a jersey on the weekend. I just go out and 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 hope for the best, and hope that it goes well for me, because it just it does not happen like that. If if you, if you have that mindset and you have that attitude towards your footy, then you're putting you're putting a lot of a lot of faith in luck through your career. And I remember Craig Bellamy always like he used to say to us players, 
if if you want if you if you choose to do something in life like want to want to be the best at it if not go do something else go do something else like don't don't just try and play footy and, and hope for the best if you don't want to be the very best player you you can be then go and do something else and give someone else another opportunity yeah no i love that that's um it, it is I, I see the striking similarities between jordan and jesse both maoris both mm. from that that background sometimes culturally it's difficult you know to to when you, you you're very respectful which which i know that everyone is down at the storm mm. um and you're when you're young you know you generally take leads from the elder players and things and yeah, you know, I just think looking at Jordan he's got so much um his physical attributes are just incredible yeah and um it's that it's that uh putting it in with a bit of aggression I actually saw his game against the Tigers I believe it was earlier this year where he looked like he was pumped and sometimes you know I think that's difficult and, you know it's, it's hard for players to get to those levels but but um, I'd love to see him reach his potential. You know, that's basically my thoughts. Yeah. Just yeah. just quickly uh, with Ricky, obviously, being an ex-Bronco, I think at the moment, because he is so naturally gifted, he can get a lot away with a lot more that, you know, maybe some battlers don't. And then once he realises he can not only be so naturally gifted, but if he can make his work ethic, and I'm not saying he doesn't work hard, but I'm saying is in if he can lift his work ethic up to the standard of his natural ability, he will be one of the most damaging back rowers in the competition. And that will come with time. He's still super, super young. He's only 22 years old. But I, I guess he's going to have to, just like what Smithy said, he's eventually going to have to sit down and say, okay, yeah, I'm playing first grade. And you know what? I can cruise, get by and do my thing and get paid. Or do I want to take that next step and be the best version of myself? And I, th- I think he will eventually. It's, it's just going to take a little bit of time Um and also, I think on top of all of that, it's going to take pressure because at the moment, he's out and out the back row at the, the Broncos and there's not that much pressure on his position. As soon as he st- we, the squad at the Broncos starts getting better, I think you'll start seeing Ricky respond to that and being like, oh, okay, you know, I've probably got to, I've got to lift my game just a little bit. So I, I agree with you. I think he's got so much potential, mate, so much potential. Yeah, yeah, nah, that's it, boys. And uh, thank you very much for taking my call. And I'm really looking, I'm frothing for those bloke jerseys, Kempi. I tell you, <laughs> especially, oh, especially, especially if they make me look like Nico Hines. I mean, I'm <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Mate, I tell you what, you got, we, the um, lo- you, lo- you got the long curly locks, Jase? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can grow them. I can grow them. So, you know. <laughs> Mate, uh, we might have to release a, a black and white one in that design. I mean, Ooh. I think they'd go all right, a black oh, and white yeah. one. Um, anyway, mate, thank you so much for calling. I really do appreciate it. I'll do the hucker in it if we do. <laughs> Legend, mate. Legend. I knew Jace. Thanks, mate. Uh, that's a great call from Jason and really great point. Jordan Reiki, he's got, he's just going to, he's so much potential. It's just about those, yep. those little things you learn when you get into first grade squads about the extras that you need to do to take that next step. Um, now let's talk about Joseph Suwali'i, rumoured move to rugby. Now rugby league, uh, rugby Australia, Mm-hmm. allegedly, reportedly, on the grapevine, all that good stuff, are prepared to offer the 19-year-old $10 million over five years. Now, oh. rugby, the reports are, have come out and said, um, 
you know, we aren't prepared to offer two million per year, uh, and the reports were around a million. I actually, this is a, a case where I'm like, if they think they're going to pull him from rugby league for a million a year, they're kidding themselves. But if it is around the ten million mark, I think that uh, I think he may entertain it. What do you reckon with the World Cup coming up? Is there a chance we lose guys like Suwali or some other players? Well, the thing you got to worry about, Kempi, I think, is is the the cash available to rugby union, and if if they do have ten million dollars there to spend over a five year period oh. for Joseph Suwali, I think we do have to be worried, don't we? Oh, mate! Like because that's always that. There's there's not a single player in the NRL that will be paid two million dollars. No, not not a single player. They like they just you cannot pay them that much. Not for at with, least another with, decade. No, with it with the salary cap where it's at at the moment, because you take if you if you paid them um, that much money, that's just you, you wouldn't have a squad around them. Mm. <laughs> you just wouldn't be able to do it. So, I think if if that's true, if if the reports are, are true and and saying that they can they can pay one of our young superstars. Ten million over five years, then I think we 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 do need to be concerned. We really do. Well, in regards because you don't you, you don't want to be you, you don't want to be losing these young men mm. to to a, to a, another code, particularly when he's showing so much potential and, and promise in our sport in in only his first year. He's just a baby. Like he's just turned nineteen, I think. So mm. he he is a like for me this year. I, I, he, I'd pick him in the Kangaroos. Absolutely, I'd pick him on the wing for the Australian side for the World Cup. Now I know he, I know he, he can play for Samoa. Um, he's el- eligible to play for Samoa. I don't, has he nominated as yet? Do we know? I'm not too sure, but he's, he's eligible for both. But if 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 I'm if I'm a part of the the Australian selection panel, I'm picking Joseph Suwali on on the wing, straight up. Oh, mate, I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, in regards to whether they can afford it, with the World Cup coming, I think they get they, they can, uh, I guess, bank on a lot of revenue coming into the game with the World Cup being held in Australia. Okay. And so I think that is the concern of they most likely will have a fair bit of money to throw around, understanding that the World Cup in Australia is going to generate, like, the amount of money is just going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... I, I agree with you. If if they have that kind of money to throw around, we absolutely have something to worry about because in a mm. Suwali'i situation, if he goes and takes that five years deal, he's going to be 24 when it's done. Yeah. Just come straight back into NRL. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just go pick up your 10 million and come back and you're still a young man. And then you come back here for at least a million a year. It's Yeah. And then and then it's hard like because then the questions raise like how, how, how can the NRL as a, as a sport um, do more or, or help to keep those young stars from being poached. I, I actually, I'm not sure. And and to be fair, I haven't really had an opportunity to sit down and think about this at length. But certainly, you, you can't you can't be handing out, um, you know, like incentives, like financial incentives to stay, because then that that just makes it unfair to the rest of the competition. Mm. Because not every team has a Joseph Suwali'i in it. You, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, like, not not every team in the competition has a Joseph Suwali'i who, are, who is on the radar of, um, you know, rugby Australia. So, if the NRL come out and say, "Oh, look, you know, to, to keep our young stars, we'll just we'll just bolster their 
their income, well, then that's that's pretty much you saying, oh, we'll give that that club that they play for extra money on the cap. Mm. That's what it's saying. Yeah. And I and I think that's unfair. Um, so I don't know. Do do we just do we just sort of sit back and and wear it as well and just say, look, there's nothing we can do if he chooses to go, then that's his decision. Another superstar will come through soon, and you bank on uh, you know another young person coming up through the ranks who is going to be the next superstar. I, I'm not too sure, mm. but it's certainly going to be very difficult to match that type of money if 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 that's on the mark. If that two million dollars offer is on the mark, then it'll be very hard to um to match. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because you're totally right. If you were to say, look, let's keep a war chest for our game superstars, guess what? All the superstars are in the best sides. So yeah, you're already. literally yeah, you're literally giving more salary cap to the best sides. Now mm. I, I just don't I agree with you. I'm not sure what the answer is because you could go, all right, well, how about this? If Sua Suali'i gets an extra million dollars then everyone else gets an extra million dollars, but then it just becomes an absolute, you know, it just become it becomes unmanageable. I, I yeah. really don't know what, you know, I, I just don't know what the answer is to this. I, I'd really, you know, it's maybe something that we have to have stronger contracts so they can't break. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's it's a tough mm-hmm. one. I do think that we'll probably lose at least one or two players, maybe one. I think because. Yeah. The opportunity of playing a World Cup, it is something that you're never, ever going to replicate, you know, in, yeah. in rugby league. Well, and that was one of the main reasons why Sonny Bill Williams um, went over to and did his rugby stint, wasn't it? Because mm. yeah. he wanted, well, one, well, number one, he, he wanted to represent all blacks. Um, he wanted to be a part of the all black um, system and um, he achieved that and, and also to play in a World Cup and, and he also got to do that. So, um Again, it just it comes back to the individual, and it's 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 very hard to compete when rival codes and and sports have so much money to spend where we don't. Yeah, absolutely. We got a uh, in regards to Suali, get rid of the salary cap. Teams will fold, but there's too many already. Let private owners come in and write the checks, and let clubs uh, keep players that they want. It's the way of the future. NRL is so far behind other major sports. Black Stump Eel. That's from that's a text from Black Stump Eel. Mm. Um, oh, mate. Is there that much money floating around in Australia to be able to run 14 clubs so. privately? Oh, I don't think so. Don't, I don't think, think so. so. Um, <laughs> no. And it would be the Wild West. You know, all of their fan allegiances, we just don't have the population to support it, I don't think. No. Uh, we're going to head to a break, though. But after the break, we've still got plenty to talk about. We've got Bailey Ladders. Who is Which young fellas are climbing up the Bailey Ladders? But make sure to text in 0457 736 736 or give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Let's break our call record. I think we might be on run to break our call record. So give us a call, 1300 01 1170, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and myself. Time to break down which young players climbing up the Bailey Ladder. Worksite trusted for 60 years. So if you're looking for a ladder for the worksite, get a Bailey ladder, the best in the business. But Smithy, who is climbing up the Bailey ladder this week? Yeah, once again, we've got uh, some young men playing great footy across the weekend. Cleese Haas, number one. So made his debut uh, over across the weekend for the Titans and uh, in their, their strong victory against the Newcastle Knights. Only 20 years of age, he ran for 50 metres, made 20 tackles in just 30 minutes of game time for the Titans. 
He's one to watch out for. Of course, is uh, Payne Haas's younger brother. And guess what, Kempi? Mm. He's a Queenslander. Oh, yeah. That is going to be. Yeah, played junior football uh, for the Rabina Raptors, which is just, it's based, their, their junior footy club is right behind Seabus where the Titans play. Um, and I and I caught up with Payne Haas at the game, actually. I said, mate, like, is that going to be weird? You're playing for New South Wales and possibly your brother taking taking you on for Queensland. I don't, that's never happened. That would be incredible. That would be It would be so good. So good. Um, so well done to Cleese Haas uh, making his debut for the Titans and, and a strong performance too in only 30 minutes. Um, nomination number two, it goes to Raymond Tuimayala Vanga. Made his debut, of course, another player for Manly, only 22 years of age. He ran for over 100 30 metres and had five tackle breaks in the losing side yep. against Canberra in the nation's he capital. He looked strong. He looked very strong. Wonderful uh, debut um, for the young man. And my third nomination uh, this week, it goes to Tommy Freeban in just his fourth NRL games. Uh, the Tigers back rower, he scored two tries, ran for 100 metres, had six tackle breaks and 34 tackles. Now, that is a game and a half for a, for a young guy that's played less than five matches, Tommy Freeband. Yeah, I, I actually think Tommy, he's a, a veteran debuting. I think he's a bit older. Um, I think he's like been slaving away in reserve grade. I have to check on that. But he mm. was outstanding on the weekend, Tommy. He was absolutely so outstanding. And, uh, you know, two tries on the edge there. He's a much needed uh, guy, go-to guy because the Tigers, what do they lack? They lack a, a toiler, bloke that's mm-hmm. willing to make the tackles. Uh, 34 tackles, six tackle breaks. So hopefully yep. Tommy is uh, there to stay. Hopefully Tommy is there to stay. Also, if people were um, with Haas and uh, playing each other, the, the crazy thing is is that Haas is still so young that this is a real possibility. It's not like Haas is 27 oh, no. years old. And, no, that's right. Um, well, Payne Haas is only, what, is he 20, what, three? That, yeah, 22. 20, maybe. Yeah, 22, 23. Like yeah. he's, not, he's not old at all. Like I, I think Cleese must be the next one in line, but... He's only 20. Like, there's every chance it could happen. And so just with uh, Tommy Freeborn, uh, he is 27 years old. So he's a battler. I love that. Oh. I love those stories. Well, it's a older, younger. Older, younger. Young older, younger f- player. Young in footy years. Ladder. Young, <laughs> young in footy years. It's like dog years kind of thing. If you've played oh. two years of footy. Oh, NRL, okay. sorry. Yes, you're uh, you age, so you'd be about a thousand. <laughs> you'd be about a thousand years old, Smithy. <laughs> hey, come on! I look it. I feel it some days. <laughs> oh, that was thanks to Bailey Ladders bringing safety and efficiency to the worksite for over sixty years. After the news, we'll begin our round twenty-five preview. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Uh, thanks to the SEN app. Give it a download today for free on the App Store and listen anytime, anywhere. Also, follow us on Apple and Spotify. The captain's run. So if you miss any of the great moments that uh, happen on the show, you can you can listen to it at any time you want. Give us a call, one 1170 or text 0457-736-736 and give at SEN League a follow on your Instagram app. It's one of the great places for all your rugby league news. You've got guys like Smithy, Brandy, Vossi, Fletch, I mean, some of the biggest names in rugby league. Matty Johns as well. All the best uh, talent in rugby league is with SEN on SEN League, so give it a follow. But now, Smithy, we've got a game tonight, game of footy. It's at Combank Stadium. It's the Parrot Eels versus Melbourne Storm. No changes to the Eels side, but Jerome Hughes is a late admission with a calf complaint. But 
All reports suggest it's more precautionary, nothing to worry about. Cooper Johns, who I think has had a great uh, couple of games when he has come up, replaced him at halfback. Eisenhuth out for the season. He is replaced by Chris Lewis. How do you see this game panning out, Smitty? Well, look, I was extremely confident um, around the storm going up to Sydney tonight and and playing really well um, and and getting a victory against Para. Although Parramatta, they've they've got the wood over the storm over the last mm. couple of years. I think they've they've won the last three yep. uh, against Melbourne, but. Um, I just thought out of last week's game against the Roosters, uh, they didn't start well. Um, Roosters were very good. Don't don't get me wrong. They um, they played really well and didn't allow Melbourne to get going the way they wanted to. But I just thought they would have that would have been a good hit out for them leading into this match, um, and they would have gone up there and and got a victory. But with the Hughes omission, I just I don't know. It makes things a l- quite a bit harder for Melbourne now. Given, given his like, I, I thought he was probably the Storm's best last week for sure. Um, in a losing side, I thought he was quite dangerous when he had the footy, particularly late in the game in the second half. He actually he made a couple of line breaks. Um, you know, he was dangerous nearly every time he touched the football. Um, and now with Cooper Johns coming in, I, I feel as though this is probably this is Cooper Johns's biggest game of his career. Mm. Um, playing in this one with with so much on the line, there there's, there's such a a difference between finishing fourth and fifth mm. because that's that's what will happen out of this game. Whoever wins this game finishes fourth. Um, if if Melbourne lose, they go to fifth. If Para lose, they could possibly they, they they'll drop to sixth because wow. either either the Roosters or Rabbitohs will will leapfrog leapfrog them. Um, given their the Roosters and Rabbitohs are playing against each other, there's going to be a winner there. Um, so there's plenty at stake for both footy sides. Um, Parramatta on fire at the moment. Their their attack has just been so good to watch over the last couple of weeks. The only concern I have for them, Kempi, the only concern I have for them is the form lines coming out of uh, playing the Broncos. <laughs> it, it, like, and this this isn't <laughs> this isn't this isn't having having a go at you, but just look at if you look at Melbourne where they took on the Broncos. Uh, two weeks ago, and they they put sixty on them. Okay, sixty, and they're like, "How good are the Storm?" Like, blah, blah. and then they turn up against the Roosters, who played a a, a semi a final style football game against them, and they struggled. Mm. They struggled for the most part. The, the the effort and the work rate of their players was the thing that kept them in the game. It it was it was nothing to do with the footy that they play because, as I mentioned earlier, they're well below their best, and that's the only concern I have for Parramatta, is if they. If if they think they can turn up tonight against Melbourne, and and it'll be like it was last week against the uh, the Broncos, I think they'll be in for a rude shock. That's the only concern I have for Parramatta. I I, I don't I don't see them as a team that aren't good enough to beat Melbourne because they've shown that they've beat them already this year. They've beaten the Penrith Panthers twice already this year. Only team to do so to beat those two footy sides. They're certainly good enough to beat Melbourne. They just need to be their their mental preparation needs to be exactly on song to get this job done tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. You don't want to be taking 
sometimes the last half of your last game can bleed into the start of your next game. And before you yes, know it, great you, point. You know, you're 20 points behind. And you're going, oh, and then you're chasing. And how how many times do we see a team have a massive win? Then the next game, they go down by 20, and the whole rest of the game, they come out in the second half and they play like they're supposed to, and yeah. they just don't have enough to get the job done. <laughs> um, you know, we yep. see it, honestly. We, we see it every single year. We really, really do. So I think that it all depends. It's going to sound obvious, really obvious, but it really does. It all depends on the start. If the yep. storm can frustrate the eels and make them play sideways, and, and it's, you know, the eels are it's, – it's almost – as a fan, it must be frustrating because you can almost, in the first 20 minutes, see whether the Eels are going to be what we know they can be or whether they're going to be, you know, their worst kind of team or the yep. worst kind of uh, way they can play. If they start going too lateral and they're not pushing through the middle, uh, they're basically setting themselves up for getting beaten. And that's where I think if the Storm can force them into that kind of game style and have really, really strong line speed for the first 20 minutes and frustrate their forwards. Mitch Moses does have a tendency to go, okay, take things into his own hands. I'm going to start spreading the ball. Um, That's where I think the Storm may be able to ambush him. What do you think, Smithy? Yeah, look, I I think for Melbourne, now with Hughes out particularly, I I think it starts with their middles. uh, What they need to try and do is they need to get on top of um, RCG and Junior Polo, Junior Bolo, sorry, early. And give Harry Grant an opportunity to get out and start running. Mm. That like that, you, they need to see Harry Grant running from dummy half straight away. Yeah, in in the early exchanges in the first you know ten minutes, if, if Harry Grant can get out and have two or three runs early on and and start building momentum through the middle, it'll give guys like uh, Munster, um, Kenny Bromwich on that left edge. You know, Cooper John, some opportunity to play some football. If if they don't, if they if they get held up in the middle, and Parramatta do a good job with the play the ball speed and slow them right down, I think they might struggle to get in the game. Yeah, but no. as I'm saying, with Hughes out. Yeah, because Hughes can, Jerome Hughes can find opportunities just by himself. Like he doesn't need a whole lot of sort of you know options around him. He he can just as we've seen last week and and many times over the last couple of years. He can, with nothing happening, he can just get the ball one off the ruck, take the line on, bang off his right foot, and away he goes. Mm. And then the Storm just, they're, they're so good at, at going off, you know, a half break, a line break, quick play the ball, and then they just, they go to their strengths. But if Parramatta can, can really try and slow them down, which I think they will, they'll, they'll understand that the Storm really want to play an upbeat style of footy tonight. They, I, I think they can minimise the opportunities that those... Um, key players have, yeah. For the, for, uh, yeah. And for the Eels, Kempi, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. They got to, they got to find Sean Lane. Mm. He is in such good form at the moment, mm. um, and I believe, I believe now he he will be, he'll be his target will be Cooper Johns. Yeah. And yep. so he Cooper Johns has been in and out of first grade all year, although he's been playing you know football, playing in the Queensland Cup. Um, he hasn't been playing consistently at the NRL level, so. I think that's where Parramatta will be targeting heavily down that left-hand edge. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really the, the, the Eels have just got to be patient and super aggressive through the middle. Really, really aggressive. Um, so it's going to be such a good clash. I, I really think there's going to be a great clash. And I think the Storm, you know, because you, you're totally right, they, they can't really wait another week. The Storm cannot wait another week to hit their form. Yes, they're missing Hughes for sure, but they still have – 
you know, 13 other players that will most likely be there or thereabouts in squad selection. So, you know, they've got to be playing really good footy. Um, yeah, great game tonight. Cannot wait. Now, Canterbury Bulldogs, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs versus Manly Seagulls. Waddell is back from suspension in the second row. Stimson moves to the bench. Pangai Jr. is back on the bench after playing in New South Wales Cup last week. Now, uh, Keo Weeks, I think it's Keo. I got a message saying it's Keo, not Keo. Keo Weeks starts at fullback and uh, Kula to centre. Ben Trevojevic to the bench. Andrew Davey and Dylan Walker start. Ethan Bullimore moves to the bench. And Josh Alloyer has been dropped. Uh, what do you think happens in this game, Smithy? Oh, they just... Manly have... have they've, they've struggled since the... The jersey round, they have. They just they have not been able to find any type of form at all. Um, they've lost a couple more players, of course. Um, they didn't play last week. Garrick and Jakey Dravojevic. I don't know. Maybe maybe Bulldogs win this one. Yeah, I think. I don't so. know. Do you do you think so? Do you yeah. think they they win this one? Oh well, I just I think Manly. Well, when you look at the stats, Manly have had the the sharpest decline yeah. of any team in the competition. Uh, they've so last year they won 17 games I think. Now they've only won nine games. Uh, they've dropped from I think was third or fourth, all the way down to 12th, uh, 11th or 12th. Yeah. Um, they've had the sharpest decline of any team in the NRL. And I well, actually, so yeah, you're right, mate. Their, their form has been the poorest out of anyone though. They've they've lost six. They've lost their last six. Yeah. And so I'm, I actually think. There are way more concerns than winning footy matches right now at the Manly Seagulls Club. I think mm. this is not the – put it this way. They're not just going to go into the off-season and then just come out next year and be all good. I think that there may be some movement in that squad okay. uh, before next season. I'm really concerned about the the playing group. They just do not – when you watch them play, when you compare to the start of the year, they just do not have the same gel as they did at the start of the year. Uh, it's really, really concerning. And whereas the Bulldogs, although I think they've dropped off a little bit ever since Seraldo was announced as coach and Potter isn't going to be the head coach, mm-hmm. they don't have the concerns as a playing group, in my opinion, as Manly do. No, you're 100 percent right, mate. That's I'm back in the Bulldogs. I think they, you know, they found a little bit of form going into the, you know the these final stages of the of the season, um, and I think they'll want to finish with a with a strong victory, which I think they will get against Manly going to be really interesting because can you imagine Manly go out losing to the Dogs in their last game of the season? Oh, that's a bad end to a year. Uh, not to say the do- Doggies haven't been playing well, but Manly were literally touted as premiership threats this year. Uh, now, let's get to some few texts here. Uh, hey, lads, do you think if Cows win this weekend and Sharks lose against the Knights this weekend, they can win it all? The Cows would be guaranteed an all-important home final if this happens. I know miracles are going to have to happen this weekend, but I feel the cows deserve to win it this year after the year they've had. Cheers, Leo. Uh, me personally, I think it's it puts them in really good stead. If they can have two games in Queensland, for sure. What do you reckon, Smitty? Yeah, yeah no, it puts them in a, in a stronger position, of course, if, if they are able to jag that second spot. I don't think they will. Sorry, Leo. I think the Sharkies will, will win their final match against uh, Newcastle. Well, they'd want to. If they, if, oh, they if they if they want to win this premiership, they'd want to win this one because yeah. they they're giving up a huge advantage if if they are to lose, um and the and the and the Cowboys win and then they have to travel all the way to up to Townsville to take on the Cowboys first week. So um, look, I, I don't think it, it, yeah it's it's a greater advantage and it gives them a better chance of of taking out uh, the premiership. 
I just feel as though um, Sharkies won't won't get beaten this week. So no matter the result with the Cowboys, I think they they won't jump into second, unfortunately, Leo. I will say, though, how good is it? How good is it that either the Cowboys or the, the Sharks will be in a prelim this year? Oh, you know what I mean? Standing. Like, at least one of them is going to be one win away from a grand mm. final, mm. which is pretty incredible to think. Both the clubs didn't make the finals last year. Now they're going yeah. to be in a prelim this year. Yeah, so good. Now, we are going to head to a break. After the break, we've got 1,000 texts to get to, 1,000 texts. We've still got plenty of uh, footy to review. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned because we've got so much more to talk about. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. We've got some texts here, Smithy. 1,000 texts. What have we got, mate? Guy, Manly's form had been quite down, but they are missing 11 of their top 17 this weekend. Mate, I... Uh, yep, fair point. It's a fair point, but in saying that, uh, it doesn't excuse the, the fall off this year from going from third or fourth last year mm. all the way down to 12th. It's been a, a very, very poor year for Manly Seagulls, in my opinion. I don't know about you, Smithy. Yeah, no, they, um, they were a footy side that were playing finals, second week of finals last year, and they showed glimpses this year. There's there's no doubt about that. But, um, yeah, they've uh, it's been a sharp decline, as you mentioned, Kempe, um, in this last sort of you know, four or five weeks. Now I've got some more text here. Hey, lads, thoughts on Ezra Mann being pushed back into reserve grade and Gamble being put into the side? Cheers. Um, I'll, to be honest, I was a little bit surprised. Not taking out the, the situation with Tyson Gamble and the possibility of him moving on, um, I was a bit surprised that they took Ezra Mann out. He made his debut this year. Um, I actually feel as though that Ezra Mam's been out there um, doing a, a quite a good job. Um, he's been holding his own. He's been out there, um, you know, getting involved in defence. And I actually thought he was quite dangerous with the footy last week. Um, but yeah, I think mate, probably the reason why Gamble's been put in there is is you know the, the way he, he competes. There's no question about that. He goes out and he's a competitor and he he gets under the the skin of the opposition. So Maybe that's what um, you know, Kev Walters is looking for this week from his number six. Yeah, it's interesting. I um, Look, if we were still fighting for an outspot, and I know technically we are, uh, I can understand the decision because I just Ezra Mam in attack has been incredible. But just the last few weeks, I think he's missed like nine, eight tackles a game. Um, mm. And so I think that's where they talked a lot about at the early at the start of this year, all selections were based on defence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that may be where they're leaning with Gamble. He's a bit of a bigger body. Um, but because we're not really competing for the eight anymore, I am surprised that they dropped him because it's like, well, you may as well keep him in there. Gamble's leaving. We can't really make the eight. The more games Ezra Mann gets, the better. He is definitely the long-term six at the club. He's incredible. Um, yeah. So I think my understanding would be just dropped just due to the physicality and defense. Maybe he just needs a little bit longer to, to beef up maybe. Um I'm not sure. I know he missed. It's tough because he missed nine tackles, I think, against the Storm. But he had Nelson Asafa Solomona run at him, <laughs> so it's like kind of understandable. That's a common occurrence. Yeah. And then last week he missed eight tackles. Um, so, like, I think this was always going to be his biggest hurdle. Was any person that sees Ezra Man play with the ball, you can tell this kid is an incredible talent. The toughest part of his career is going to be. Just, just working on the defence. And once he rounds that out, oh, wow, look out. Seriously, yeah. I cannot wait. 
Uh, we are going to head to a break after the break. We got plenty of more footy to review, including the massive clash Roosters versus Rabbitohs in the new stadium. See you on the other side. Hey, boys, with so many, uh, this is text from uh, Smithy. This is a text. Yep. We've got some text here. Uh, yes, welcome yes. back to the captain's run. We're just going to get through them quickly because we've only yep. got a little bit of time. Hey, boys, yep. with so many Pacific Islanders, boys pledging allegiance to other countries, do you think the Kangaroos will be light in the middle come World Cup? If well, they'll be depleted. Yeah. Tino, if Payne Haas play for Samoa, it mm. could leave Oz a bit vulnerable through the middle. You also got Junior Paolo, who is uh, mm-hmm. selected, well, he's pledged. Uh, Kofusi is also pledged for Tonga. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you reckon, Smithy? Oh, mate, uh, it leaves us light on. There's no doubt about that. There's, there's so many great players that they play in the middle of the field. Um, and again, it's, you know, we, we've spoken about this eligibility stuff and particularly guys playing state of origin and then choosing to play for countries outside of uh, the Australian team. Um, yeah, just it, it leaves the Ford pack in particular quite light on. Now, another text here. Gamble is kidding himself and points to frustration points to the frustration of some of the game's youngsters. Where is his respect for one of the game greats? Kevy would run rings around all the players, and this is from a bloke, bro, bloke who can't stand the Broncos. That's from <laughs> Shane. Uh, yep. Thanks, there Shane. There you go. Well, well he, might, he might be a little bit too old to run rings around him, but he certainly <laughs> – I think we made the point, didn't we, that he's got – He's got a great knowledge of the of the game that we play. Right, absolutely. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got some news regarding the Dolphins. So we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. And I, we just uh, we were just going back over the last few hours. And I, uh, I said that the Sharks, the Cowboys, were guaranteed a prelim, which was so good for the game. <laughs> and I need to correct that. I need to correct that. If they win this weekend, they are guaranteed yes. a prelim. I, uh, yes. I was more thinking of the mind that they'll finish second and third. Yes. Um, but, yeah, uh, look, I'll be honest, though. I think they will win this weekend. Uh, yeah, of course. But I just wanted to correct it because I know there'll be some uh, fans out You're there You're a going, perfectionist. Mate, well, mm, maybe not. Uh, if, you, if you looked at me. Yeah. If I was, I'd be in a much better place uh, in my life, Smithy. Um, let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, just wanted to correct that to make sure that uh, the fans knew I wasn't just uh, yes. saying they would dominate Penrith and they had no, they had no chance of losing. Now, on to a call from Sharky in Nara, the great Nara. Boys. How you going, Sharky? What's doing, Cameron? Going good? Uh, I've got a couple of things to ask you too. All right? Now, yeah, what do you got, mate? If you finish in the top four, Cameron, at the end of the year, you're very disappointed. It's a failure if you don't make week three of the finals, eh? Sorry, mate, say that again. If, if, we, if we finish top four... And you don't make week three of the finals, I consider that a failure. Do you agree? Well, I think from the Storm's point of view, mate, yeah, of course. Oh, I think so. Okay, what? Well, yeah. I'm going to run this by you. If I'm going to win tonight, which means Cowboys got a guaranteed third spot, yeah? None. Yep. Would you really want Would you really want to go out and risk your star players, being Nanai, Townsend, Drinkwater, whoever, right, mm-hmm. on a 15% chance that the Sharks are going to lose to the Knights? Because I'm thinking you're playing a Penrith team, and for Penrith to get an advantage here, I'm not yep. saying they will, but it is great belief. A few little cheap shots here, Christopher yep. League or whatever, a bloke's out injured, all of a sudden that's not blokes not available for the finals. If I'm Todd Payton and Parramatta win tonight, I'm risking my stars, because either way, North Queensland get the second week haste final anyway, and you've got yep. to think of it this way. 
matter who they're playing in North Queensland, whether it's in front of a sellout crowd, I'd back North Queensland to make the preliminary final anyway. Yeah. But you know, it, you know what I'm saying there, Cameron? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a fair point, and it's a fair argument, to be honest. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you furthermore to that. I think if go, going off, you know, the result tonight between uh, Parramatta and Melbourne, if Melbourne are to lose, so if Parramatta knock off the Storm, Parramatta will finish fourth. The Storm, really, on for and against, they they should finish fifth. I think they can, at a, a you know, at a, a low percentage chance of, of going lower, say they lose to Parramatta tonight, if I'm the Roosters or Rabbitohs, uh, I'd almost think about, or sorry, if I'm the Roosters, I'd almost think about resting some of my stars. Because if Storm get beaten, it's highly unlikely that the Roosters can further their position other than sixth. So so there's a couple of, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good argument that you make because it's the same thing. It's the same situation that the Roosters find themselves in as the Cowboys where they know they're not going to change position. So why risk, why risk, you know, players health through either injury or even um, a suspension. Like you think about the, you know, the the, the sort of the the the, the knife edge that Jared Weir Hargraves plays on. That's so right. you'd almost you'd almost you'd almost go well. Melbourne have been beaten. Um, we're we're pretty much guaranteed, you know, sixth v seventh the following week. Let's yep. let's just hey Jared, you're having a rest. Joseph Suwali'i, you're having a rest. James Tedesco, you're having a rest. Just take your take your big stars out and just go, hey boys, let's get ready for next week first final. Same on Sunday at the Sharks. If the Cowboys, if the Cowboys rest and they, and they lose, they won't play all the stars on Sunday either. Yep. The, the only the, the only thing, um, and I'd hate to be a party pooper, fellas. I think <laughs> I think that once you name your squad, you can't mm. actually move more than two players out of it. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, so well, just claim COVID. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they might miss the following week, mate. A bit like, bit like Cookie. Yeah. Well, so they might miss two games. But Smitty, I'll tell you. I'll tell sorry. you what might happen, Kempy. It might just be you might go down with, you know, four little tight calves at at the captain's run. Have to make mm. a late change. Well, I mean, exactly because you, I like your. Let's say you go. Okay, who are the most important? Let's just go Roosters. Let's rest two players because you can make two changes. Hargreaves. And Tedesco. Tedesco. And then Joey and Suali'i in, yep. uh, you know, the, the warm or whatever. Yep. Just need a little twinge. A little baby Absolutely. twinge. I, I, think, I think Sharky from there, I think it's a great argument that he brings up. It's why the buy, a buy before finals would be, you know, uh, yep. a good which idea. Is, which is what the AFL are doing. Yeah. So, mate, great call from Sharky from Nara. Great call. Uh, it's it, what I love about that call too. It's so in deep in the tactics of preparing for finals because it's almost a new season, Smithy. Mm. I mean, you could speak way more on it, but is that what it kind of feels like when you? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty much. So once once this round is over, the the you know the bottom eight teams they they go on and have their little you know end of year celebrations and and whatnot. Um, but the top eight teams, it's the it it. It starts again. It really is, and and that's your focus when you get into finals. It just you you got to hit the reset button. Everyone's back at the starting line again, because we we as we mentioned at the start of the um, beginning of this show, Kempy, there's you know Raiders being sort of you know particularly outsiders. Every other team in in that top eight, 
if if they turn up and play their best football, they can beat any other team in, in this in this top eight um, final series. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Mm. So, so your mindset has to be, you know, if you know Penrith, they're the minor premiers. They're finishing on top. If you're a player in any of those other sides, in you know the Sharks, Cowboys, Eels, Storm, Roosters, Rabbits, and Raiders, you just go, hey boys, let's go. Mm. Let's just be the best team in the final four weeks. Yeah. No. If we are that, we, we take out the whole thing. Yeah. Forget about the previous 25 weeks. Mm. Means nothing. Mm. Means nothing. We've put in we've put in the hard work to get ourselves here in the final series. Let's just be the best team for the final month and we win it all. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it really is. The, the finals footy, the level increase, it is substantial. It is, honestly, it's, you can feel it. You can, when you're on the field, the tension in the air, it's it's just a whole different ball game. And some teams respond differently. Like, you know, you could argue, you know, maybe the Raiders do respond really, really well to that pressure just because they're such a, a gritty team under Ricky. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm just using Raiders as an example because they're considered the outsiders. You know, other teams could do it as well. Kempi, mm. um, we, we just had a good text actually from Matt. And um, I think we may have spoken about this maybe a fortnight ago about, you know, you know how they do the final round um, in the EPL? Yep. They all kick off at the same time. Yep. So Matt's text in and said, hey, boys, to, afford, to avoid um, all these uh, permutations as far as, you know, watching a team play Thursday night and looking at a result and then deciding if you're going to play players or rest players, to avoid this situation, why not set up the final round of our season and everyone kicks off at the same time? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'd have to go like, and buy I, I, eight I, TVs. I, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that though, mate. It'd be hectic. Imagine that. I, I'd love to. I'd love to hear what our listeners think of that. Like, just text in and give us your thoughts. But final round of the NRL. Like, imagine, imagine these matchups this week, not knowing. Like, there's there's so many teams can move, not knowing where they're going to be. Like, they're all they'll all finish within say you know five or ten minutes of each other. It'd be. Like Unbelievable! Sus- yeah, That's this, what it would be. Yeah, the suspense. <laughs> you know, you got, for example, you've got, you've got Eels versus Storm. So that's picking the fourth. You've got Broncos versus Raiders in the sense I'm just talking about versus in versus positions. Yes. Then you've got uh, uh, Cowboys and Sharkies that are vying mm-hmm. for that top two. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many games right now that you would be, you know, suspensefully focusing on, like uh, following. Because the result could change everything, so I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. I also think that you probably, you, you may actually get more people to the games as well because, um, you know, it's it's more of a an event kind of thing. Uh, yep. rather, so actually, yeah, I don't mind that at all. Now, we have some. We're not breaking news because it's uh, been around for a bit now, being reported at least. Mm-hmm. Christian Roll, well, Christian Wolf, the Dolphins have snared the hottest coaching property in World Rugby League. That's wow. uh, that's what I've been told anyway. Uh, yep. With a signing of Christian Wolf mm-hmm. on a long-term deal, Wolf is the current St Helens coach in the English Super League. Yep. He will be the assistant to Wayne Bennett, the greatest grand final-winning coach in Australian rugby league. In 2020, the former Cowboys, Broncos, and Knights assistant took up an opportunity with the English glamour club St Helens. Under Wolf, St Helens have won the last two Super League grand finals, the 2021 Challenge Cup final and have just claimed the 2022 English Super League minor premiership. Bennett said Wolf had amassed a strong coaching resume that made him the Dolphins' number one target for the position. Quote, 
Christian has done his time as both an assistant and a head coach and done everything right to deserve this opportunity. Christian has done the deal to bring his family home to Queensland, and I am certain he is going to be a great asset to the Dolphins and is next in line as a head uh, coach of the club. Yep. Uh, also, uh, just quickly, I'm pretty sure he was the coach of Donga when they beat Australia. Yeah, no, uh, so he is still, he is currently the, the Tongan coach still. So he'll coach them in the World Cup this year, I believe. So, I mean, he's got all the resume that you would ever want in an assistant coach. Um, he was actually at the Broncos when I was there as well. Really, really affable guy. Uh, mm. Really easy to get along with, but also uh, a bloke that demanded respect. You know, he just has some people have that presence. Yep. Um, he absolutely has that presence. Now, the plan reportedly will be that Wayne Bennett will coach 2023, 2024, and Christian Wolf will take over as coach in 2025. What do you think about this whole uh, setup, Smithy? Yeah, I, th- I think it's smart by the Dolphins to have the succession plan that they've built here. Um, so they get in a guy that, that, that knows rugby league. that it, he, he knows more about rugby league um, as far as you know the, the current coaches go than, than any other coach in the competition. He's been around the game that long and he's been involved in a lot of successful footy clubs. Um, to have him you know, kickstart the... Um, you know, the, the Dolphins franchise in the, in the first couple of years, get them up and running. He's played a huge part in attracting, you know, some, some key um, commercial partners that they've built. Like they've got a very strong commercial um, partnerships going um, up there at, at Redcliffe. Um, so I think he's been a key part of that. But just to be able to get, you know, some players in over the first couple of seasons and really just, just get them going, build a... An environment there where um, it, it's built on, you know, hard work, but success as well. You know, they, they want to be successful as quickly as they can be. And then to, to find a, a guy like um, Christian Wolf, who has had, well, he's had a lot of success over in, in, uh, in England coaching St. Helens. I think in his first season alone, I think it was something like an 80% wow. winning record. Um, at the club, and, and as you mentioned, he's won a couple of premierships and a Challenge Cup over there. So it looks like he'll win another one. Well, he's on, he's on, they're on their way, uh, the Saints, uh, to win another um, Super League competition over there this year, which would be fantastic for him, um, a, a way to, to sign out. But I think I've seen some comments as well from him um, saying that, um, you know, not it wasn't just an opportunity. Um, to be a part of the Dolphins uh, to come home, you know, as for you know personal reasons as well. I think they've spent you know a, f- a couple of years over in England, he and his family, um, and uh, he he felt it was the right time to return home. And I think it's just it's it's great, it's smart business by the Dolphins um, to have a, a guy who's who's coached um, at a successful organisation like St Helens. He, he's a um, been involved in. International Rugby League with the Tongan side for many years now. Um, and he knows what winning is. He knows how to get it, the best out of his players. And um, come, was it 2025 that you, that you said, Kempi? I think um, he'll be in a very good position to, to take over from Wayne Bennett. Now, I've got a serious question for you. Do you think Christian Wolf will take over Seraldo's mantle as the most famous assistant coach of all time? 
Well, it all depends on results, I guess, Kempi. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, I'm joking about the fact that Seraldo was the most, I know. literally well, the, he's most, the most. He was the most talk, talked about assistant coach, wasn't he? He's got to be the greatest assistant coach of all time. I'm going to throw it out there. Goat, Seraldo, goat, goat assistant coach. I'm throwing it out there. Just quickly before we go to a break, just a little factor about the uh, the Dolphins. They actually come into the comp, and I'm pretty sure they become the richest club in the comp. Um in regards to they have a setup where when they came in, apparently they had any, somewhere between 80 to a million, a hundred million dollars in the bank. Yeah, no, I think, I think it might be plus. I think they may have in excess of a hundred million sitting in, in the kitty, which is pretty handy. Oh, well, and, and, and I think, and I think to be fair, can be, I think that's one of the main reasons why the NRL chose the dolphins to be the expansion club mm. is because yeah, they, you could just set, you could just say there, there's your, there's your uh, there's your license. Um, Way you go. Mm. You, you've got a business um, model there that obviously works, and you can just take care of yourself. We don't need to worry about you or babysit you, and uh, you know have any concerns about um, any type of revenue or financial issues. Um, as you said, mate, they as soon as they start October one or whenever it is, October two, they uh, they become the the wealthiest club in the competition. Yeah, it's, it's, I just think it's an, a factor that a lot of people aren't really, you know, adding to the equation of, yeah, okay, their roster needs, you know, a marquee here or there. But that kind of money uh, compared to other clubs, I mean, we've got other clubs that some coaches have, you know, we, we talk about Manly, like Trent Barrett was had a real issue with uh, um, in regards to the setup that they had there. He thought that they needed uh, to progress uh, with the equipment that they needed more um, at Manly. And so there are clubs that just do not have the same resources put into the sports side of things. And I think Redcliffe, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if that plays a factor. It's a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash. Yeah. If, you, if you go to Broncos um, club right now, their setup is absolutely incredible. And it's, uh, mm. it is a part of rugby league. You don't really hear much about, but the impact it has on teams is massive. A team yep. that has a lot of resources off the field compared to a team that doesn't, you know, you'd, you'd argue that's an advantage, but, but sorry, mate. Just quickly, but that's been capped now. The NRL have capped it oh, because they yeah. they found they found that some clubs that that like to tip a lot of money into their football department, they felt like they were getting a unfair advantage, so they've capped it. Even equipment. So in, in, in essence, in essence, they've 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 made it. Um, they've dragged all the clubs that want to spend money in their football department. They've dragged them back to the teams that don't want to, and and made it. Um, yeah, just trying to. They're rewarding. Um, yeah, they're rewarding the t- the sides that don't invest money into their football, which is crazy. Wow. And so that anyway. that includes equipment. Like so, for example, oh, it's all of it. I think it's just overall spend. Yeah, wow. Even yep. equipment. That's that's yep. really. I don't know about that. I don't know. I think that's a bit uh, harsh on the teams that are willing to risk creating centers of excellence and all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry. I think centers of excellence. I think any sort of buildings and infrastructure. I think that's that's just up to the club. Mm. But I mean, like in the cap, as far as when you're talking about, um, you know, training programs and staff and and all that sort of stuff, there's there's limitations on what teams can spend these days. Now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to continue to preview the big clash. The actually the clash of the round, uh, brought to you by SunCorp. So we'll see you on the other side. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to schnitz. Home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. Now it's time for holy schnitz. What was your holy schnitz moment of the week, Schmitty? 
Holy schnitz was when Liverpool, right, took on Bourne, Bournemouth 9 0. 9 0. Now, I know you're a huge fan of um, the soccer. 9 0. Are they fair, Dinkum? Seriously. Born, Bournemouth? How does that happen? And, and, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what did happen. The manager got punted well, straight after the game. You know what? I think I, he walked into the sheds. The boss was down there and said, mate, you're out. Gone. You know what's crazy is that manager actually got them into the Premier League and it was only four matches in. Oh. So he got the sack oh. after getting the club into the Premier League. Wow. Mate. Anyway, I've got a holy schnitz moment, mate. Oh, hang on. I haven't Sorry. finished my holy Sorry. schnitz. Apologies. Apologies. And what the end of my holy schnitz was seeing that score, right? But then the team I follow, Arsenal, four from four, Kempi. Oh, <laughs> Let's it. go, oh. the Gunners. Actually, let's go. Arsenal, they have a documentary on Prime Video, All or Nothing. Get but around it. Get around it. You, you should watch it. It's really interesting. Uh, I've got a holy schnitz moment. Okay. Uh, it was Kyle Felt's try. It was incredible. Absolutely oh, incredible. Yes. Absolutely yes. yelled holy schnitz. Um, but they were our Holy Schnitz sporting moments. Thanks to Schnitz. Got that winning taste right now. Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzel, made fresh and made just for you. After the break, we'll continue our round 25 preview, including match of the round brought to you by Suncorp. Welcome back to the captain's run with Cameron Smith. Uh, now it's time for our match of the round, Smithy. Absolutely huge clash. And it's almost poetic. This rivalry to open the state of the new stadium, Allianz Stadium. And it looks incredible, incredible. If you head over to Fox and you watch Matty Nable's promotion of it, it makes you want to put the boots back on, Smithy. I'm telling you that right now. Um, now, look, no one's asking me to put the boots back on, that's for sure. But <laughs> it makes me want to put them back on. Um, so time now for a game of the round, and we do that thanks to Suncorp. Get award-winning car insurance with Suncorp. They have won seven years in a row. So if you need car insurance, Suncorp's the place to get it. Now, Sydney Roosters team, Collins, Tupo, Victor Radley, they're all out. Drew Hutchinson starts at left centre. Momoroski to wing. Toki Alho starts at lock. Terrell May, Fletcher Baker are the new faces on the bench. South Sydney Rabbitohs team news. Damien Cook is still out with the Rona. While centre, mm-hmm. Campbell Graham is out with an injury. Well, I think it's. I think he was more just rested um, uh, because of his last week, obviously, at that head knock. Uh, yep. Havili starts at hooker. Jason Paolo moves to centre. And Peter Momazellis. Uh, is the new face on the bench coast. Jason Dimitri will also miss, miss the match due to the Rona. What do you think about this match, Smithy? Yeah, um, huge game. A lot of history involved here. 113 years ago, this rivalry started, Kempi. Wow. 113 years ago. And it's still alive and well today. They've been at each other all week, haven't they? Oh, it's the best. They've been at each other about, you know, training here and training there. Why can't we get on this stadium? And, and oh, no, this is our, this is our turf and we belong here. Um, it's been great to watch. It's been funny at oh, times. It's so good. It's just it's like, a footy field, fellas. Yeah, seriously. Come on, it's a really. Footy um, but I, I must say, I'd be I would be in a bit dirty too if I didn't get a run. A <laughs> <laughs> captain's run at least. Oh mate. before the match. Hey, our, producer, <laughs> you know what does, eh? our producer is uh, yep. he's a Roosters man, and he's just oh, shaped, tragic. He's nodding his head like it's ah oh, yeah, mate. They shouldn't get our ground. It's typical Roosters, mate. Typical. Oh. Yeah, well, that's Tommy, of course, our producer. So, anyway. Did, what, did, Tommy, do you own the stadium, do you? I think they do. Isn't that what Rooster said? Yeah, they, it's okay. their stadium, something they like that. They decide. Anyway. Um, hey, listen, I've got plenty out for both sides. Um, Lindsay Collins, of course, he misses a month. They have to make the grand final for him to play another game this year. Tupo, groin last week. Radley, uh, concussion protocols. Um, Cookie, big out for the Rabbits, Cookie. 
um, with COVID and also the coach as well. Um, I think the Roosters, um, if they don't make any more changes um, with results across um, tonight, tonight after tonight's match, I, I think they still have the firepower. I, I, I think the Roosters, and Tommy probably have a little grin on his face here, I, I think the Roosters have enough firepower to get past the Bunnies this weekend. Yeah, look, I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I, the the, the Rabbitohs last week, you know, a lot of people talked about they, they played very uh, conservative and they didn't look like the typical, typical Rabbits. I will say a lot of that has to do with Damien Cook being out. You know, I feel like last week if Damien Cook was in, uh, they would be a bit more adventurous around the ruck and a bit more adventurous when they get to certain parts on the field. With Havili coming in, not being a starting hooker, it's much harder to get to the points of the field that you want because he hasn't been playing there all year. Um, in saying all of that, although they got the win last week with South, I just think the Roosters are starting to hit some really, really good form. And just the way they attack games, and you, you have to be in a certain mindset to withhold that and withstand that. And the Roosters are just taking games where in that first 20 minutes, they're so aggressive and their line speed is so ruthless. It almost shocks teams into submission. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Rabbitohs handle that. Um, but I agree with you, mate. I think the, the Roosters are the team to get the job done tonight. Um, how do you see the South Sydney Rabbitohs winning the game, though, if they can win it? Oh, well, it's going to come down to uh, Walker and Latrell, I believe. Uh, it really does. It. Uh, when you're taking out a threat of, of um, you know, dummy half like like Damien Cook, and, and I know um, Saliva Havili is is a wonderful player, but he just he lacks that uh, sort of that dynamic movement of, of a Cook. Yeah, when he senses an opportunity to run the ball off, off just off a half opportunity, just a, a player laid up off the ground, he goes, and he provides so much momentum for the other players like um, you know Cody Walker and, and Latrell. But I think I think the emphasis now will be on those two guys, um, particularly when they when they put their set pieces together, their set plays, and how um, how fluent they are with their movements. But again, it's it's a it's a they're coming up against a, a very well drilled side, who have come together um, as good as any team has over the last six weeks, and they're playing some really consistent footy. Now, do you see a world where Roosters intentionally niggle Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell? We we you know have it. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. I mean, why, why like why wouldn't you like mm. it's like playing within the rules, of course. Um, well, wouldn't you push push the boundaries when there's a history of of particularly you know Cody Walker, um, you know being distracted by those little niggling things from the opposition. Mm. I think he's he's shown a history of doing that of of um, you know when when players go out of their way to give him a little shove or a little bit of extra work on the ground or maybe even just getting in his ear and, and talking to him that it, that it distracts him. Mm. It takes him away from um, the job at hand, and that's going out and, and getting his role done for the Rabbits. So I, I think, why wouldn't you? Mm. Do you, do you think Demetrio sits, sits Latrell on that down and go, boys, whatever happens, just don't even bite. Just don't. Because well, it's, a, it's a fine line, isn't it? You want him yeah. to be passionate. Well, he'll have to do it over a phone call because he's not allowed to know because he's got COVID. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure the other staff members would be saying to him, hey, boys. Really need, really need you to go out there and be leaders today. Mm. We need to, well, first and foremost, we need you to play well. But secondly, hey, let's, no matter the situation, let's keep our cool and get out there and let, let's get the job done.
Now, uh, that was our game of the round, thanks to Suncorp Car Insurance, winner of CanStar's Outstanding Claims Award, seven years in a row. Absolutely incredible. Now onto the New Zealand Warriors versus Gold Coast Titans, Saturday, 3 p.m., Mount Smart Stadium. Warriors team news, Ewan Aiken, Jesse Arthurs, Wade Egan, Montoya, Berry, all return to the side while Sean Johnson has been named despite suffering an ankle injury last week. And in the Gold Coast Titans, Philip Sammy replaces Brian Kelly at centres, who was out with suspension. How do you see this playing out? Me personally, I think that it's the end of the year. I would always back the home side because Titans travelling at the end of the year, it may be a bit tougher to get up. What do you think, Smithy? Well, depending if the – I don't know if the Titans have booked a, a trip away off the back of this game, mm-hmm. uh, maybe down to Queenstown <laughs> off the back of this match. I'm not too sure, but um, – a little birdie, a little birdie told me that the Warriors, I've, I've, I'm hearing they lost three players at training yesterday. No way. Three more players. I think they lost wow. three more players at training, um, which hasn't been um, mentioned or spoken about yet. But um, off the back of that, I think the Titans can go over there and win. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Three players. Mm. Uh, did they say, you know, these key players or just, just a little um, bit? There is one, the, the birdie said there was one, one of those players was a key position player, um, but we'll see what happens. Okay. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they make the trip over to New Zealand and uh, and line up for the Warriors in their last, what's well, their last home game mm. of the year. So you'd like to think that they'd, they'd, there'd be some sort of, uh, emotion in that, um, trying to give their fans a, a a nice result to finish the season. But um, yeah, given the names that I was sort of I heard tossed out yesterday, I think I think the Titans might go over there and get them. Okay, now on to the next game: the Dragons versus the Brizzy Broncos, Mistrata Stadium, uh, Jubilee Stadium at five thirty. We've got Anthony Griffin has named the same seventeen that beat the Tigers last week. Brizzy Broncos, Paddy Carrigan, Sawan Cobbo, Tyson Gamble all return to the starting side. Reynolds, Flegler have both been named despite suffering injuries last week. Franco Lee is out with a hamstring. Kobe Hetherington out with a concussion. How do you see this game playing out, Matt? Um, it's a difficult one, but I'd like to think that – I've been saying this the last few weeks, but <laughs> I'd hope that the Broncos go down there with, a, with an attitude and a mindset that their season is still alive. Because it is when they play, their 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 season is still alive. It's it won't be until um, the Raiders kick off against um, the Tigers the following day on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock that um, they'll have a greater understanding of of whether they're playing finals footy or not. Their their mindset needs to be: Hey, we're going down to win because we're playing. We're we're going to be playing in a semi final next weekend. Mm. That's that's what their mindset needs to be. Now I don't know whether. You know, they, they, they go down with a greater confidence given Pat Carrigan's back. Um, you know, Cobbo's on the wing, of course. Tyson Gamble, there's a change there in the house without Ezra Mam. I'm, I'm not sure what, what their feeling is within their group. Um, as I said, whether there's, there's a greater confidence there because of those players. I, I just think every player needs to have a mindset. Where, where, you know, time will tell, but they need to be thinking, hey, we need to win this because we are playing finals football next week. It's just there's no there's no two ways about it. Yeah, look, it's if they can't get up for this game. But in saying that, we said that last week and the week before. So oh, I hope they really do. Not not be, I mean, I want them to make the eight, but it's more about a bit of pride, boys. We are under the pump. We are under the pump. Yeah. You know, it's it's give the fans something to be a, you know a bit proud of towards heading towards the end of the year. 
Uh, in regards to the Dragons, they weren't overly convincing last week at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how this goes, this game, if I'm being honest, but I'm just going to tip the Brizzy Broncos because I hope they get the win. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've still got a couple of games to preview. We've got the Cowboys, we've got the Panthers, we've got the Knights, the Sharks. Make sure to stay tuned and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. Now, we've got some games here. The Cowboys versus the Penny Panthers did and has been named in the reserves and could return at 5-8. Cohen Hess is out with suspension. Ruben Cotter starts and Griffin Neem joins the bench. Penrith Panthers. Panthers have rested 13 players for the final round. Jenkins, Henry, Cole have all been named to make their NRL debuts. Scott Sorensen is back from a calf injury. Eisenhuth and Mitch Kenny start. How do you see this game going, Smithy? Yeah, look, I think they'll be um, well prepared and and, um, a well-drilled footy side. Penrith, there's no doubt about that. They're just a great organisation from top to bottom. Um, But I think it might be just a little bit out of their class taking on North Queensland. Um, particularly with Tom Dearden, but that's a that's a quick return from a Oof. ruptured testicle. Oof. Um, and he's spending one week out. He's a he's a tough man, Tommy. Um, bring him tough up and up there and sort of where is he? Mackay, I think he's he was born and bred in Mackay, so um, yeah, he's a tough little dude. But uh, yeah, look, oh, I think given given the amount of changes, like it's mass changes, thirteen players rested. Um, smart move, of course, by Ivan Cleary and, and the footy team. But, um, yeah, I think it might be just a little bit too tough for those guys taking that step up to NRL level against the Cowboys, who are running you know, pretty hot at the moment. It's a, uh, it's almost like I don't feel sorry for the Cowboys, but they're putting a bit of a tough position, don't you think? Because if they don't win by a lot, it's almost mm. like a lose-lose. Like if they win by six points, that's uh, it's almost a loss nearly. Again, I know it's technically not. I know I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like <laughs> – I understand, like the the confidence hit that it could happen if they yep. like struggle. Uh, it, it's it's a really bizarre position I, they'd be put in. Yeah, look, mate. If if I was part of the the Cowboys side this week, I wouldn't be thinking, "Hey, we need to put a scoreline on this footy side." I, I wouldn't. That wouldn't come into my mindset at all. I'd just be thinking, "Hey, listen, like this this could actually be a little bit of a danger game for us if if we take a mindset in of saying, "Oh, like we need to smash them," and you're worrying about the scoreboard trying to make sure the scoreboard's ticking over the entire time the game's going, you could you could find yourself sort of getting a little bit lost in the match. Mm. I think they just need to approach this very professionally and play just a clinical style of footy. And if they win the game, if they win the game 18-6 or win the game, you know, 20 to, 20 to 6, hey, a win's a win. Mm. Really, that's what they, they, what they need to be thinking about is let's get a professional, clinical 80 minutes under our belt Walk away with a strong victory, which we are um, happy with our performance, and we take confidence into the following week, which is going to be first week of finals. Would you say like almost some goals could be you know x amount of missed tackles and a high like eighty five percent completion? If we oh can... look, absolutely, mate. I think they they need to be thinking you know completions. Um, they need to be thinking you know really tidy and disciplined with with their defence. Um, and and making sure that you know at the same time you, you don't want to be just tucking the ball under your wing and 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 mm. worrying about getting to your kick like you want to be playing some football as well. Um, but that that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about playing a, a professional clinical style of football that's going to hold up in in the coming weeks when they're playing finals because they know they're going to get a couple of cracks mm. at the cherry. Yeah, you know, finishing in the top four, they're going to get a couple of weeks opportunities whether it's win first week, week off prelim or they don't get a result first week. They're then playing sudden death. Either way, they're, they're going to have to play a couple of finals matches. Mm. 
Absolutely. Now onto the Newey Knights versus the Cronulla Sharks. Crossland replaces Milford at 5'8", who was out with a rib injury. Croker replaces Sue in the starting side. Cronulla Sharks team for Nukin is named in the reserves and could return from a rib injury. Ikevalu returns on the wing. How do you see this playing out? Oh, I think Sharkies. I think Sharkies win this one. I, I don't know if you'd risk Dale. I, I'm... I'm certain he'd be he'd be bashing down Craig Fitzgibbon's door every day at training this week, saying, "Mate, I want to play. Let me play. I'm Seriously. good to go." Um, I just think don't risk him. Get him. Get him right. Get him 100 percent fit for uh, Week One finals. Um, for, for Newcastle, the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that they need to play for this weekend is a victory in front of their home fans. Oh, they they get to finish at McDonald Jones Stadium in front of fans that have been turning up every week to watch them play, which has been a you know an ordinary season for themselves. Um, they just need to put in a big effort for their home fans. But I think I think Cronulla will be too strong. Absolutely. Uh, if I'm Sharkies, I'm looking at my completion. They had 18 errors last week. Need to fix that. Now, what is mm. your? We'll just do your tip for the Tigers Raiders because we're running out of time. What is your tip here? Um, I'm thinking Raiders. Yeah. With so much on the line for them to play uh, finals footy, I'm going to go Raiders. I'm going Raiders too. Uh, now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we'll get to your texts. Welcome back to the captain's run with Cameron Smith. Uh, got plenty of ticks, tech, uh, ticks, not ticks, texts here, Smithy. Hey, boys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on NRL introducing transfer fees for players who are traded from club to club. I think it would be a fantastic way for development clubs to get some reward for investing in youth. Cheers, McClay. Thoughts, Smithy? Wow. Love uh, transfer fees. I don't know. Does it get messy with transfer fees and all that sort of stuff? Can we even afford them as clubs? Like no, that's barely I mean. any clubs make profit. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a real yeah. tough one. But I, I do, I do understand the the tough situation. Say a Penrith or whatever in when they feel like they've developed all these players, and yep. then you know they get raided and and whatever. But I guess. Uh, they're also getting the benefits from those developing players. They're the number one team in the competition. So, yeah. and then where does where does that money come from to pay transfer fees as well? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, we're already under the salary cap, and they they need to spend nearly all of it every year. So, mm. don't know where they find the extra cash. Okay, that's another episode done and dusted. Thank you, Smithy, as always. Oh, thanks, Kempy. You've been great again, mate. Oh, thank you. What a way to what a way to end <laughs> the week. Uh, make sure to give us a follow on Apple and Spotify, and we'll see you next week. See you later, guys.